0: So, oh,
1: good afternoon, friends, welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, where we will spend a couple hours here on the Patrick Lally show engaged in our trademark energetic and entertaining conversation on topics, uh, you know, all across the spectrum, focusing a bit on local, state, national news and politics, Uber producer, Dan Peters is out. He is not with us today. He is not in studio. So this is a solo operation. You've got only me to blame. Thanks for spending a few hours with me today. I appreciate it. Whether you're out driving around on this gorgeous afternoon in Sioux Falls with the windows down and Information 1000 on your car radio or maybe... In a cube farm somewhere, listen to the radio with the headphones on or on KSO.com. Maybe you're using the KSO mobile app. That is the branded KSO mobile app that's available on all the platforms just by searching KSOO. And it's got uh, one-touch streaming on there, which is always good, as well as news and commentary and updates of all sorts from the staff here at Results Radio. Remember, you can always follow along live on Facebook on the KSW page, where people are presently, or on our Twitter account at P Show. With Dan gone, there's not as much tweeting. I'll, I'll tell you that. I will. Uh, I will admit to that. I can only do so many things at one time. So it was a big day. Big day in Sioux Falls. Why? Well, new council, new mayor. As of uh, nowish, I think it just happened. The uh, Paul Tenhaken is the next and current mayor of Sioux Falls, and uh, some new councilors. Janet Brecky is new. Uh, uh, Kurt Soul is new. Uh, they've got uh, who else is on that council? Mm, there are a couple people coming back. Rick Kylie is starting a new term today, and uh, so there's you know there's some new voices, new faces. Uh, Teresa Staley's still there. Christine Erickson's still there. Uh, who else is still there? Pat Starr is still there. Uh, so it's a it's an interesting crowd. Uh, uh, Mr. Solberg is still there. Uh, who am I leaving out? Hmm, I'd have to look that up. But there's a, you know, it's it's got a new dynamic, big job ahead, but probably the most important thing on the list dealing with transparency of local government. There's been way too much suspicion out there when it comes to government and, uh, you know, suspicion... In when it comes to government, it's a little like cancer. You just you can't live with it. You just can't operate when there is a sense uh, that you're not fully above board. And uh, we need to solve that. And I think that has been that is on the minds of everybody who is serving this vine city on the council in the mayor's office. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I don't know. You know, it means different things to different people. Um, but Ultimately, it's just answering the questions. Uh, You can put all the uh, safeguards in place that you could think of. Uh, You could pass all the laws you want, and certainly there are some adjustments in uh, procedures, and there are some changes in ordinances that could be made. Certainly, state law is no help in this matter. State law gives public officials all sorts of loopholes and things to hide behind, uh, that just make it difficult to um, sometimes get information. But, you know, we live under a local charter here, and ultimately state law in general does not prevent, it does not prevent an elected official from either giving you information, answering a question. That's that's up to them. Um, there's oftentimes you say, you hear some public officials say, well, state law, doesn't let me do that. No, that's usually not the case. State law may allow you to keep something public, but it doesn't require you to keep it private. You can make just about anything public in government, and you should. And uh, my hope is that with whole new crop of faces on that council and all the discussion that's happened, that uh, the mayor's office will be open to a more open uh, conversation. I think he is. Mr. Tenhaken has sat in this room with me and told me that's what he wants to do. Of course, it's always toughest when it uh, comes down to something that doesn't make you look particularly good. And uh, that, that can be difficult. That's hard for anybody. Um, that's why we do have the laws. And I'm hoping that as we go forward, we'll see some adjustments and uh, a new era of, of, of open government um we've just come through a difficult time in that regard and i i know our current mayor our former mayor mayor Huther has been making the rounds talking about the wins and uh you did not hear him on this particular show because i didn't ask him and uh that's for a lot of reasons uh and he probably wouldn't have come on anyway <laughs> uh, you know it's fair to say that we had a history i think that's fair to say but We're moving forward. The slate is clean. I'll be here to uh, hold people as accountable as I can. I know there are other fine people working in media in this city who will do the same, some of whom are on this program from time to time. And it's a big issue for us here because it's important. It's important to your freedom. It's important to how things work. It's important to your daily life. And uh, we'll be here to try and help you out. But we start with this. We start with the expectation That it's good. I take everybody at their word until they prove to me that their word is no good. So I'm taking everybody at their word, uh, whether they were council before, whether they're new to the council, whether they are the new mayor. uh, Everybody has is saying the right things. And we're going to we're going to just think that everything is going to be good. There's going to be challenges. But if we are open and honest with with each other, we will find the solutions. In that regard, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Amy Scott Stolt. She is with the League of Women Voters of South Dakota, and they have this cool new website where you can find out all the information you want about candidates and... Uh, I- it's a, it's a really cool thing, and uh, Amy will be here in the second hour to tell us all about it. Blogger Corey Heidelberger of dakotafreepress.com will be with us from on the phone from Aberdeen up there in the northeast part of the state where he operates that fine blog on politics from the left side of the aisle. And the Boonman is uh, our weird friend of the day. Boonman will be on the phone. We'll be chatting with him in just a moment. And I will have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, Gambling. We're going to talk gambling. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 317 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Well, we'll try and get just a little closer to free today on the PNL statement with our friends, the Bodines. Yeah, it's a time of day when we look through the news and find things that, uh, you know, trip our fancy, as we like to say, catch our attention, make us think. Things to make you go, hmm, I can't remember who that was. But anyway, uh, the thing that caught my attention yesterday and today, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, was the big uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, reaction or decision to essentially allow states to allow gambling uh, on sports. Uh, Came out in New Jersey, of course, but now everybody wants to get a piece of the pie. And, uh, that includes South Dakota. Uh, apparently according to Marty Jackley and the governor and pretty much everybody else, South Dakota's constitution would have to be changed for legal sports betting to come here. Uh, so, uh, the deal is that, uh, you know, our constitution doesn't allow sports betting. So it's gotta go to a vote of the people, a statewide vote. And so there's already chatter about getting that going. And, uh, The folks out in Deadwood, they, you know, they don't miss an opportunity out in Deadwood. So there's a group out there. It's discussing trying to put a sports betting constitutional amendment on the ballot in 2020. Deadwood Gaming Association Executive Director Mike Rodman said his organization thinks it would be good for historic mining town, which is already a gambling mecca. This is from the AP, the Associated Press. We think the thou, we start over. This is Mr. Rodman speaking We think that thousands of South Dakotans want to wager in sports betting, but they want to do it in a legal, safe environment, and so we'd like to give them that opportunity, he said. I think that whenever we can take illegal gaming and make it legal and regulated, it's good for the consumer. Governor Dugard had a statement on the same thing. Uh, He said the state doesn't currently have any reliable estimates on the economic effect or revenue that sports betting could generate. Quote, I welcome this decision because it recognizes the right of states to regulate in this area. So the legislature could do this. They could put it before uh, voters and uh, or somebody could petition to have it put on the ballot. But I bet it's going to be on there in 2020. And, you know, will people pass it? Probably. You know, we got all every other kind of gambling in the world. Why not this? Right. I mean, the horse is out of the barn on the thing. Sports betting is already while, widely widely available to anyone who wants it. Um, who doesn't know somebody who bets on sports? Who doesn't know a bookie for the love of Pete? I've known a lot of bookies in my day, and uh, that was the way you'd do it in the past. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of ways to do it online now, offshore betting and all that kind of different stuff. Uh, you know, it was bound to happen eventually. It's just a matter of how well so now we're gonna find out how um, and you know here's the deal I have no real problem with professional sports betting uh, it's already available uh, and if it's available through local sanctioned sorts source, sources so be it if the state or local government can get a cut so be it um, my issue here and the thing that I've all that's always bothered me again professional sports you know you want to you want to do some pickems on a, on a weekend uh, football action? That's fine. You know, it, it's, in the world of gambling, yeah, you can lose a lot of money. But you can lose a lot of money uh, playing vidlot, you know. You can probably lose money faster playing vidlot than you can betting on sports. Um, but my issue here is with amateur sports, specifically college football and basketball. Because that's always been problematic. And if it's wide open and legal everywhere, it will only get worse. Now, you know, you can go to Vegas and bet on college sports all you want. Um, there's betting lines on all kinds of different stuff uh, down to a certain level of college athletics. Um, but it's it's always been a little bit squishy there. You know what I'm saying? Because the threat and potential of corruption is much greater with what are essentially kids, the players, who don't get paid and who uh, get basically uh, put in some indentured servitude during their college athletic career because the schools make money, uh, uh, all kinds of advertising venues make money, um, the coaches make money, a lot of people make money off of college sports. The people who don't make money are the players, right? We all know that. That's that's a, a separate issue. But when they are not getting paid and particularly if they're kids who may not be, have a great potential for a pro career, that they are much like more likely to come under the influence of the dark forces of gambling, point shaving, throwing games. We know it already happens in some cases and there are social costs with gambling, but of course that's. That's going to be a problem anyway. There's enough gambling in this world that it's silly to suggest that sports are any different from poker or video lottery. You can gamble everywhere. But I think we should at least consider a nationwide ban on amateur sports wagering. Now, that would require Congress to get involved. And Congress, you know, the fact of the matter is that Congress could make gambling on sports illegal. What the current law did was not let states make it legal. So the reason it's unconstitutional isn't because uh, Congress doesn't have that authority. What they don't have the authority to do is tell the state what to do in terms of regulating gaming, right? But the likelihood of Congress coming back and doing something to adjust that law to have the same effect, that that's just not going to happen. But they could make some adjustments to what is legal to gamble upon. And it would seem to me that uh, educational institution-sponsored athletics would be one place that you could do that. If a team is part of an education institution that receives federal support, okay, which is pretty much all of them except for a handful, then you can't allow gaming on those teams wagering i could go for that would it work i don't you know you'd still have illegal gaming probably but maybe the market would be much less because if you can gamble on sports professional sports legally you would do that rather than having to go try and find some underground uh dude you know guido guido the bookie to run a book for you on college i mean you know who knows what would happen, but I think that that would be a legitimate thing that Congress could do in the best interests of trying to uh, maintain and keep the influence of gambling out of collegiate sports. Again, I got I got real I got no real trouble with sports gambling, you know. That's fine, uh, you know. A lot of a lot of people I know do it. It's fun. I mean, I like hanging out with my friends who, you know, have a little action down and watching them either celebrate wildly or, you know, cry. I enjoy that. I lo- I take pleasure from their suffering, you know, in a, in a, in a fun and, and harmless sort of way. So that's cool. NFL Sunday. That's cool. You know, baseball, if you want to bet on baseball, you're dumb, but that's fine. You know, but just not college, man. That's, it still bothers me a little bit. That's the bottom line on today's PL statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can drop me an email, Patrick at KSOO.com. You can always shoot us a message on Twitter at P-Lally Show. P-L-A-L-L-E-Y-S-H-O-W is the handle for the show. Coming up after the news and weather, we're going to chat with the Boon Man. It always fun for weird friends. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. K-S-O-O.
2: 3.34
1: on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 K-S-O-O. And, uh, you know, I could just sit and listen to trampled by turtles all day, but we're not going to do that because we've got the Boon Man on the line for Weird Friends today. Boon Man, thanks for taking a few minutes with us on this beautiful afternoon
2: always a pleasure to do that with you patrick and uh yeah anything i can do to make the world a better place that's what i do
1: that's been your motto for some time now and it's it's holding steady and we're all very happy about that Um, really and
2: i i I try to live every day to make a difference in people's lives and almost every day i do unfortunately it's rarely a good difference
1: (laughs) just ask your kids (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep, <laughs> they yep. they've got plenty to say on that they bore the brunt of it yeah yep. hey you know i was uh i was out driving around the other day as i hate uh-huh. to do and uh i was going by your place of employment that will remain other than the fact that i know generally where it is we're yes. gonna we're gonna let on generally where it is but nothing more than that uh it's a it's an unholy mess over there
2: oh it is and you know it's kind of continuation of last year Last year, Minnesota from 14th to 18th, 14th to 22nd,
1: mm-hmm.
2: was redone. Mm-hmm. And it was torn up all summer, spring, summer, fall. Mm-hmm. And it's great now. Fantastic. New curbs and took out a lot of big holes. And, yeah, it's, it's great. But now this year it's from 22nd to 33rd. Damn. And so it's one lane each way. And uh, I noticed last week when that started, it was backed up to 14th from 22nd, a uh, solid in that one. But the left lane, which is the one that gets closed, mm-hmm. was was empty. So everybody was anticipating, okay, the left lane is going to be closed. I'm going to get in the right lane. But it backed traffic all the way up to 14th Street. Ugh. And the and what they, what they need to do, what people need to do, and often you tell me this, When you're in a construction zone and the lane's closing, if you get into that open lane and go ahead of all these cars in the line, you're getting some death stares. (laughs) You're getting some looks and a lot of head shaking, and people are mad that you're going past them, but why why do you back the traffic up that far? In fact, Minnesota, one of the very few things that I can say that I like about the state of Minnesota Mm -hmm. is... uh, On their their freeway construction, notice next time you're there, it will say, you know, single lane, five miles ahead, Mm -hmm. gives you plenty of warning. And then it says, um, single lane ahead, use both lanes until the merge, and then take turns.
1: Yes, it's pretty simple. That's
2: how it should be, then it won't get all jacked up.
1: (laughs) That's right, because you, you zipper together. You know what I mean? You just trade. Yeah, you, you zip
2: everybody it. takes turns, just like when you're trying to get out of a parking lot. Just take turns, and then every, it will keep it flowing. But no, you got. Oh, I was here first. <laughs> I get to go. No, just take turns. <laughs> it comes back to kindergarten. <laughs> just take turns.
1: That's exactly right, and and it's it is especially when it starts. They should put up signs. Don't yeah. don't abandon your lane, and then take turns because and if they do it it properly probably uh,
2: probably 11th street is where that sign should be yeah you know merge single lane at 22nd street use both lanes until the merge and then take turns they can put that up there you know they have those electronic signs Mm -hmm. that they have on the interstate you know the ones that say buckle up Mm -hmm. i don't know why they those stupid signs on the freeway uh, that say usually something like you know don't drink and drive and Buckle
1: up great ideas, but why did we need that Daktronic sign up there for that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so what's what power in that? The sure. so I I'm a hundred percent in agreement and I never really thought about that before yeah. because they never they don't really tell you, especially again when it's first starting, because people yeah. panic. Everybody panics. Yeah. Oh, I
2: gotta get in this lane. Yeah, you do, but not for five blocks. <laughs> You can double the amount of cars that can fit. you just you're going to stop the backup.
1: Yeah. So get
2: get a hold of your main man Paul Tenhaken, the yeah. new mayor, and tell him to get on that.
1: I will. I will. He's
2: because I imagine I imagine Paul will be on your show, won't he? Yeah,
1: he will. Uh, unlike uh, yeah. unlike the previous mayor, we will yeah. actually have this mayor on the show. Uh, we are we are <laughs> in we are endeavoring to schedule that right now. Of course, I say that.
2: Yeah, get him on there. Get on that thing.
1: I say that having not actually gotten confirmation of any sort of date.
2: Yeah, but I know it, and you know it. The American people know it. He's going to come on there with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think he will. I think he will, and we'll see how it goes.
2: (laughs) And the other thing I want you to get to the bottom of with him is, why don't we have more... Diners, drive-ins, and dives type restaurants in Sioux Falls.
1: I don't know. You are you know what? You're 100% right about that. We don't have – I think about this all the time. Okay, so we've got like uh, many fine places to uh, have a bite, right? But what we don't have hardly any of are like little neighborhood kind of uh, bar restaurants that you just kind of go and hang out for a little while without making a big deal out of it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And they got maybe a specialty like the Charlie Boy down in Sioux. Sioux City has all kinds of these places. Yeah.
2: Now there are some like Rosie's. Uh, Rosie's over there uh West in West Sioux. You know, that's a, just a great little breakfast and lunch place that you just have to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that's kind of that's one of those places. And um, you know, I, I would say we Marlins. Could be one, yeah. I mean, that could—that's got a lot of the elements in there. It could be. It just isn't. It's just too cafeteria-ish.
1: Yeah. You used to work in that uh, building, the one, the one downtown. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. just realized that I had forgotten all yeah. about that when it was a uh, Village Inn Pancake House.
2: Village Inn. Y- 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 <laughs> uh, uh, and there are, you know, I would say the closest thing we have are there are a lot of Hispanic restaurants in town that. Our you know local mm-hmm. you know type stores they just haven't been around long enough you know we haven't been that cosmopolitan of a city that long enough but you know like Inca and Azteca and Puerto Vallarta and I don't want to keep naming them because I'll forget them Jackies and
1: uh, a lot of
2: those uh, you know great great restaurants but you know um, no
1: Gilbertos that's the one I'm thinking of Gilbertos
2: yeah Gilbertos yeah, yeah that place and is awesome. uh, yeah I mean there's some great places like that but they haven't been around for 50 years or 100 years. Like right. the nickel plate.
3: Yes. The nickel plate would
2: have been a good one. The hamburger inn, but then somebody bought the hamburger inn and cleaned the grill. <laughs> and then, you know, wondered why business went south.
1: <laughs> never clean the grill and never oh, change the grease. The you Remember, um, we used to have yeah. hamburger inn and hamburger shop.
2: Yeah, the hamburger inn, the hamburger shop. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, uh, you know, there are a few, a few that are close, like a uh, crackpot. Up on North Minnesota, yeah, that's a kind of a big Rosie's, but, you know, not a lot of people go there, uh, and it, it is still kind of Perkinsish. Yeah. You know, it's still kind of chain like rolling pin, also locally owned mm-hmm. type place, frying pan, but still too kind yeah, of... Yeah, but that's,
1: those are grand-tight. fine. Those are yeah, fine. Yeah, oh no, great
2: places to go eat, but somebody comes in from out of town, where do you say, oh, you got to go here and get this?
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't you it just,
2: here and what's this?
1: No, and I don't know why. I don't know where we lost that. Because it's the same thing with sorta of with, with nightlife, okay, with the more bar than yeah. the grill. There's there's the top hat. Yep. And there's the top hat anymore. Yeah. Because they've all they've all been uh either moved or raised or whatever. You know, there used to be the crowbar. Crowbar's fine. Crowbar's fine, but yep. it's 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 not it's not the old crowbar. And I people say that all the time. But we don't have those. Because of urban renewal or whatever, I, it's bizarre. Gentrification, gentrification, and yes. you know the pl- And I go to a lot of places, and they're all great. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. The Barrel House yeah, out they, there in we the we southwest. They have a
2: lot of great restaurants. Yeah. But
1: you go there, and you know, a lot of times it's just packed. Yeah. These places, and it's oh,
2: you know what, you know what a great place is, and I forgot about it, uh, but I knew it's the old it used to be Ed Edsalliers, Tommy Jacks downtown.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, I hate
2: to put all these free ads here, but man, I'm <laughs> telling you, you want a Philly cheesesteak sandwich and two furs on your Miller High Life in a bottle for lunch? Come on, you want to do some day drinking and have a good sandwich,
1: Tom and Jack? Yeah, and they just built a new deck.
2: Yeah, it looks beautiful. Yeah, Very, yeah, yeah. I like it. So,
1: but. well, that's that's uh, that's the state of our life, bemoaning the fact that there aren't more dive bars. <laughs> yes it's
0: uh, rough it's difficult
2: these are dark times my friend dark dark days
1: (laughs) there are some you know i will say this though to shout out to bb's which used to be the little klinga when we everybody was like oh Klinga's going to they did a fine job there they remodeled it it's a good place
2: yes yeah Yeah, i like that as well it's very similar to tommy jacks yeah
1: and uh uh, yeah and the hi-ho now is kind of a hipster joint
2: yeah i have not been to the new hi-ho
1: Hi ho, hi ho! Across the street from Smoe's. Across the
2: street from Smoos. <laughs> is not there either. So. No, that's right. Like the Red Sea, or something. Yeah.
1: Hey, did you, uh, by any chance, you got a uh, punchline for us? Because you know we can't tell you jokes. So
2: I, I do have a punchline, and uh, and I and, uh, and I will get it. I actually have already emailed it out to you.
1: Yeah, I saw uh, it.
2: For, for your, yes, so The, uh, the punchline is: What do I look like, Betty Crocker? <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to know the joke uh, I, I will let uh, i will leave that up to you to
1: post it i don't it's too long to put on twitter i think so i'm gonna to have to uh, it is, out. yeah but uh, we got to figure out a new delivery system for those so anyway yeah uh boon man thanks for uh entertaining us for a while i appreciate it
2: always a pleasure thanks patrick
1: coming up after the break uh i'm gonna talk a little bit about mayor i'm gonna talk a little bit about the city government i was gonna take calls you could call me if you want. 238 KSOO. You could call me and we'll talk about it. This is The Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. <music> 349 on The Patrick Lally Show.
2: Man one day, left his woman
0: in the grave, nothing but a pickle on the side.
1: A little bit of the two tracks there who were on the show not that long ago. You remember they were in studio. It's been a couple of weeks now. Uh, actually, it was about three weeks ago. They were in our studio here, and uh, we had a nice time chatting with them. Uh, Great band, The Two Tracks, and I like to play their music here on the show. Anyway, I was uh, talking about the mayor's race earlier. Not the mayor's race. That's over. The new mayor and the new council are installed. That happened at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, And, you know, uh, I would uh, love to hear from you folks if you've got some thoughts on uh, transparency or what other challenges they may face 338 kso three three eight five seven six six. 5766 uh, uber producer dan peters is not here so i have to pick it up directly so i'm going to keep my eye on it keep my eye on the phone but uh, give me a call if you've got some thoughts on what they need to do you know how do you make government more transparent is that something that's really possible you know i mean it, what do you have to pass a law for transparency it's like passing a law to be nice you know, you should just do it. It's for it's it's for everybody's benefit in the end, and it's good for you. But can you make people be nice? No, you can't make them be nice. You can't pass a law to be a better person. Can you pass a law to make city government more transparent? You know, there's always ways to find your way through it, but there's a lot of things they could do. They could pass some ordinances just on some practical matters about uh, documents and meetings and different things and to make sure that you know, contracts or what have you are more open and RFP process is more open and kind of have that debate. Yeah, there there's some stuff you can do, but ultimately uh, transparent government, open government, good government is in the heart of the people who are governing. And uh, we had that conversation. Let's see here. I actually have a call. Let's see how this goes here. Turn this on. Hit that. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Who am I talking to?
4: uh scott
1: hi scott (laughs) how you doing buddy good how are you i am well did you go to the big uh uh installation ceremony this afternoon i watched it yeah what did you watch i didn't get a chance to see the mayor's address the new mayor's address what did he say
4: it was really short and sweet and just we're going to move forward and be positive and
1: fairly unoffensive yep yep i uh you this of course is uh uh, the author of seltacola.com blog and i noticed actually i was reading your blog today scott about transparency and you 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 actually have some very concrete suggestions do you
4: yes yes um you know one of the things um one of the things that you know you and i have probably talked about in the past is you know full disclosure on real estate Yep. and you know and it should be in my opinion everything because everything has to go to the planning board and Whether you're city-related or not, it should really—the council, their family, and, you know, or immediate family, obviously, and and the mayor should always disclose all that. You know, I think that's a good idea moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think disclosures would be good because, I mean, they they have some vague sort of reporting on if you have an interest in companies, right?
4: You have to report— well, you, you're not allowed to invest in a development that is investing with the city. Mm. So you can't, like the downtown parking ramp, none of the council or the mayor were allowed to invest with um, that project. But nothing's stopping them from investing with the same company
1: mm-hmm.
4: in another project that's not city-related. Right. And-, and And I just think there should be... I, you know, I don't have a, g- a thing against people investing in real estate. I mean, obviously, Councillor Erickson, you know, her, her and her husband, that's what they do, real mm-hmm. estate business. I just would like to see disclosures to make sure that they're not getting in any kind of inside information or inside deals, you know, on that kind of stuff. It would be very nice. That might be a state law thing, but I think they could put it in city ordinance,
1: too. Yeah. What, like, uh, what else do you think? Very practical things to make well, you would like to see the RFP process opened up, I know. Yes,
4: I would. I think that and the TIF. I think anybody who applies for a TIF that should be on the city website. We should be able to see who's mm-hmm. applying for the TIFs. Um, we should be able to see who's applying for the RFPs. Um, we should be able to see all that stuff. That's that's they're doing business with the people. I mean, that's that's our business. We're it's our money that pays these contracts. It's we should have that information. Yeah. I'm sorry that shouldn't be done behind closed doors.
1: And no secret I, settlements.
4: Right, no secret settlements. And then also I'd like to see an ordinance out there that basically says that information will be shared from the mayor's office to the council and vice versa. The council, mm-hmm. if they have any legislation that they're working on, not keeping it quiet from the mayor's office, basically sending it over to them ahead of time and saying, you know, Mayor Tennaghan, we're working on this. We wanted you to know. Yeah. You know, a two-way street, yeah. you know, and put it in an ordinance and you know, make it very clear it's a misdemeanor if you decide that you don't want to share the information then you can be charged with a misdemeanor
1: that's and great i don't
4: think a counselor or a mayor is going to want to be charged with a misdemeanor no, and
1: it's that would be you easy know. you know and it just makes mm-hmm. it some of those things you don't want to put in ordinance but sometimes you have to scott thanks for the call man oh yeah appreciate no it. yep coming up after the break we're going to check in with news and weather and we'll be right back this is the patrick lally show information 1000 k-s-o-o 359 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Had a call from a gentleman says we need more transparency on the school board, and that's probably true as well. Coming up after the news and weather with KSFY, we're going to chat with Corey Heidelberger from the Dakota Free Press blog. We'll be right back after this. It's Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 405 on the Patrick Lally Show, information 1000 KSOO. And as we do most Tuesdays at this time, we've got Corey Heidelberger, blogger Corey Heidelberger from up there in Aberdeen in the northeast part of the state. Of course, he blogs at DakotaFreePress.com and you can read all his musings and analysis there but Corey, thanks a lot for taking some time for us today i really appreciate it hey
0: thanks for ruining a beautiful summer day when i could be out in the sunshine with a chance to sit inside on the radio
1: oh man well i promise we'll <laughs> keep it short how's that sound
0: hey that's all right no glad to be here what can we talk about today
1: uh hey i saw something on your uh, uh blog there com, that really got my attention and that you, you'll have to fill me in on this so uh neil tapio who is a candidate for congress in the republican primary in june uh lifted images off of your website for his tv ad is that is that am i reading that right yeah kind of
0: sort of he did
1: <laughs> well how, w- why i mean well, well, I, well i tell
0: you i i actually i'm, I'm really proud of this and i'm really thank i really thank neil tapio for this because when i started blogging low these many years ago I kind of viewed my blog as sort of like a brief book for debaters, for candidates, for politicians to say, hey, if you need information for your campaigns, if you need to understand how things work in South Dakota, come to Dakota Free Press. You'll find all you need. And sure enough, that's what Neil Tapio did. He came to my blog. He found a picture he wanted to use, Well, actually pictures of uh, Dusty Johnson and Chantel Crabs, the little montage I put together. He just grabbed that image and said, yep, that works. And then to beat that, He even used material from the blog, or at least ideas from the blog. So I think Dakota Free Press is doing exactly what it was meant to do, help Trumpist Republicans make campaign videos.
1: (laughs) Uh, You never thought you'd see the day, right?
0: You just, the best laid plans, you know, what can you do?
1: So uh, what ideas did did he lift from you?
0: Well, the ideas were interesting. I mean, the video, he's basically saying Dusty Dusty Johnson and Chantel Krebs, his Republican opponents, are all just bad, evil, corrupt, liberal, Obamacare, who knows what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, On Dusty Johnson, uh, he basically unloaded on Dusty Johnson with the same critique that Democrats have been making of you know, South Dakota government for the last decade or so with regards to corruption. Even like the the, the text he says, I'll quote Neil Tapio at length here, just one sentence. Mm-hmm. He called Dusty Johnson, quote, Chief of Staff for Governor Dennis Dugard, one of the most scandal-ridden administrations in state history. EB-5 and the Gear Up program riddled with corruption, resulting in millions of dollars missing and seven people dead. And I'm like, you know that's pretty much what I've been writing about gear up in EB five since the beginning when EB five broke out in, you know, 2013 and before that. Yeah. So in that regard, it sounds like he's reading my blog.
1: Well, that's interesting. You know, it's, it's, if you go far enough left or right, maybe you always do come back together. Right. But
0: I, I do th- find that a lot that does actually happen in, in all seriousness. Um, and it's, you know, and Neil, Capio, I'll give him a little credit. He was on the, the Act, the Government Operations and Audit Committee last summer, where he and Stace Nelson and, you know, they tried to get some information about gear up. They were getting stonewalled by the state and their you know, Department of Education and their lawyer. And Neil Capio said a few things, you know, that he was very concerned about the corruption in gear up. And I appreciate that Anytime someone on the Republican side of the aisle is willing to, uh, to point out that, you know, the corruption that happened. And in this ad, you know, my point of looking at the ad was not to say, oh, look, Neil borrowed my pictures. He, he, that's not a big deal. I borrowed the pictures from the Internet and put them together. Yeah. But well, I was looking at it to try to refute all the silly things Neil Tapio would say. The first half where he's criticizing Chantel Krebs, yeah, pretty easy to blow away those claims. But the things he says about the Dugard administration, I mean, you'll gear up, EB-5, millions of dollars, seven people dead, corruption. Um, yeah, I kind of can't refute that.
1: You know, the degree to which it's it's stitching things together that sometimes are disparate. But uh, it, it is a very it, politics makes strange bedfellows. Not that you're bedfellows with Neil Tapio. But oh, that, heavens
0: no. But no, this, remember, this uh, irony upon irony, this Neil Tapio is the same guy who when he came to Aberdeen to do a campaign announcement, he walked up to me, introduced himself, and I'm like, he said, hi, I'm Neil Tapio. I said, well, yes, you are. And he said, I said, can, I, can we do a blog interview later? And he looked at me kind of funny, and he said, you're not planning any disruptive activities, are you? So, <laughs> Like, this is a guy who clearly is, I don't know, doesn't trust me, is scared of me, is afraid of the truth. I, I don't know what he's afraid of, but we're not exactly best buds.
1: Yeah. But
0: in terms of, you know, taking on corruption, at least he's saying the right thing, whether he'd do that as a congressman. Well, I don't want to try to find out. I'm still voting for Tim Yorkman. But I'd like to hear more of those kind of realistic discussions of the corruption that comes from a one party regime rather than some of his nuttier boogeyman Muslims are all coming to kill us kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, he'd probably get he'd probably get a lot farther in this discussion if he would do that. But uh, we'll see. Hey, uh, Corey, we're going to come right back after a short break. And chat more about state politics and what's going on. Stay with us. This is The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 417 on The Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Corey Heidelberger burger burger uh he of course of the com blog up in aberdeen cory say uh, uh have you been paying attention to this whole sports betting thing and do you think south dakota will actually legalize sports betting
0: well I, I i certainly paid attention when the court ruled on it yesterday and i did i you know i had an ear out for it because back in january i think it was the uh the state gaming commission said, well, you know, this case is in court. It's, you know, from New Jersey. It was actually Chris Christie who filed it. He's the one who got this ball rolling. So way to go, Chris Christie. Um, The State Gaming Commission said, you know, if the Supreme Court rules on this, we're going to want to be ready because there will be some money to be made. You know, adding some sports betting could boost business in Deadwood, diversify the entertainment out there, that kind of thing. So, you know, it was on South Dakota's radar. And Sure enough, now we've got the opportunity. What I'm hearing is there's some caution, and even Speaker Mickelson, we can't let a program go by without talking about my friend Mark Mickelson. (laughs) No, Um, He was on another radio station today apparently saying, well, we better take it easy. Let's wait and see what Iowa and Minnesota do first, and then we'll see about dipping our toe in the water. So once again, bold leadership from South Dakota in showing how to follow everybody else into (laughs) a brave new world of revenue, for Pete's sake.
1: Do you think? Here's what I wonder, and I, there's no way to know. If every state in the union has sports gambling, why would, you know, is there going to be any money in South Dakota left? You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't and know yeah, how that and would that work?
0: That's a good question. It may not be a gold rush. I mean, we don't want to get too excited. And so some caution is, is reasonable there. Um, and I've seen a couple articles already saying, hey, you know, states, don't look at you know sports betting as the, as the be-all, fix-all to your budget woes. They're saying, you know, the revenue is only going to be down in the low millions, not the high millions. But I'm like, low millions? We <laughs> go ape in peer every year when if someone says there's $5 million available, we're like, oh, go get it, you know. Yeah. I, you know, I did, I did some back-of-the-envelope calculations back in January. There were some stats that said Americans already, we, breaking the law. We spend $150 billion to $400 billion a year betting on sports. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't because I'm a math major, so I know I'm not going to come out ahead and I'm a <laughs> cheapskate. So I'm kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. But Americans spend, the low-end estimate is $150 billion. So I said, okay, let's just multiply that by South Dakota's population. Imagine that money's changing hands in this state. Imagine we could capture that as a legal activity in the casinos and in Deadwood and whatever. And imagine we just hit that with sales tax of 4.5%. Mm-hmm.
1: 18
0: million bucks.
4: Ah,
1: that's not bad.
0: No, well, and now let's put that in context. because, you know, Of course, I had to go run a spreadsheet on this. Yeah, If we could get 18 million bucks Okay? And this this is more money than I heard at stake last year on non-meandered waters. Nobody said, oh, geez, if we don't open up the non-meandered waters, it's going to be 18 million bucks. We, mm-hmm. lose. we didn't even have that at stake, and we had a special session. <laughs> right. So I'm kind of saying, look, special session gets us 18 million bucks if we get on this. If we took that 18 million bucks, and if we dedicated that to finishing the blue ribbon teacher pay plan, mm. we would raise our teacher pay from 48th. To 41st in the nation,
1: that's impressive.
0: That well, it's it's more impressive than being up only three kicks. It would take us up. We'd we'd still <laughs> we'd still be last in the region. Minnesota'd still be beating our pants off. But we'd be 41st in the nation just with that 18 million dollars extra. If we could dedicate that sports betting money, the tax revenue we could get from it, dedicate that to education, so we could teach kids: you're going to lose money if you gamble. Don't do it. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, the, together, the other, thing, the, the other yeah. thing about that is that when Vidlot first went in, you know, it was all about education. Of course, that didn't last very long.
0: Oh, true. And it just goes in the general fund and off we go. And we can we can wrestle about that just like we can, you know, whether the half penny sales tax is being spent wisely. But I guess, you know, what I'm looking at is this. Governor Dugard yesterday, first thing he said is, well, we welcome this decision, but it would take a constitutional amendment, and we can't put that on the ballot till 2020, so everybody hold your horses. I'm like, 2020, nuts to that. Mm-hmm. We have a special session next week. Legislature could say, yup, do it. And they could write a constitutional amendment, not just a statute, but an amendment that would go on the ballot in November, and it would say, number one, gambling's cool, tax it, and the legislature can set a rate. Number two, it goes into effect immediately after the election so we can catch next year's Super Bowl and make money on those bets. (laughs) And number three, we write it into the Constitution saying all money, tax revenues and sports betting, will be spent on K-12 teacher pay. Boom. In the Constitution. That's about as firm as it gets. And we could do this by November if we had the guts and the ganas to make it happen. (laughs)
1: But we probably don't because there's, first of all, they probably won't call us, but well, they, I mean, the thing is though, that makes sense because if you are going to do it, the sooner you get into it, the better.
0: Exactly. Right? Well, like you said at the top, right? If all 50 States get into us, what's, what's the advantage? Well, maybe not much, but just like we'll tie this to EB five. <laughs> the reason we did so well in EB five is because we got into it first before yeah. a lot of other States did. We reap great advantage from that. This is a similar yikes situation where we could be leaders in, in harvesting this revenue that's out there. I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to think not like Mark Mickelson, but by George Mickelson, his dad, who said if it's going to rain and it's only going to rain once, put out your bucket. I'm saying put your bucket out now and get this sports betting revenue while the getting is good.
1: Hey, if we're going to vote on Marcy's law in June, why couldn't we vote on this in June? Or is there not enough time?
0: The ballots are already out. I thought about that. I'm like, yeah. let's just do it. We, we need time under state law to have time to get the ballots out and such. Yeah. Conceivably, like, I th- if, 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 we, if we ran this through, if the governor said, okay, sounds like a great idea, and you know he's listening and thinking about it, if only someone other than a Democrat would say it, he'd do it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right.
0: He could call special session next week. They could declare it. We could have a special, we could do a special election on this. Possibly as soon as like August first, then we could get the World Series too. Yeah. But I'm willing to say, you know what? Let's just do it with the regular election to minimize our extra costs and maximize our revenues on this. So but
1: if you a, did, yeah, do it early, couldn't
0: happen in June, but it could happen later this year.
1: If you did, if they did do it early and just do it all on its own independently, uh, it, it's it's going to pay for itself and then some, right?
0: well that, i would think the sports betting just on the world series would pay it off yeah that would be there you know
1: the the part of it could be that we'll take the cost of the election out of the first cut
0: sure absolutely many things are possible but we should keep in mind i you know i'm not convinced that such an amendment would pass because it would you know you'd have the republican attitude of well it's a business we can make money we can get tax revenue and we don't have to do an income tax so let's go get this money mm-hmm. um we, there'd be that argument. But the folks who don't like video lottery already and who don't like gambling, I think they'd be mobilized, too, because there's still a lot of people out there who are going to say, yeah, fine, I'm glad the Supreme Court said other states can do it. But gambling isn't good for this state. We already rely too much on it. And so when I take my excited let's go get money for teachers hat off and look at the realistic impacts, I think there'd be fair debate. I don't know how that would play out in an election.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting because you don't ever really know. Speaking of elections, though, in June and amendment, uh, Marcy's Law, Amendment Y, right? That's why? Yep. So that is going to be on the ballot in June. They decided to do that. Um, These are the changes to Marcy's Law that we believe will make it more palatable uh, for law enforcement and and different elements of the state, right? Right. So it... This is just gonna go right through, right? Because the legislature says, no, oh, this is cool, we're gonna fix it, it's good, and it'll it'll pass by wide margins of Republican voters.
0: One would think, and you know, there isn't really any organized opposition out there. I don't think anybody's gonna spend money on ads against it, while Henry T. Nicholas from California is gonna spend money for it um, the only problem is the way they're selling this amendment is completely opposite of what the amendment actually does. And this, it's it's kind of sticking in my craw. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of literature and their tweets and all saying, oh, this ensures and protects victim rights. Well, they're forgetting what we're doing is actually watering down those rights so we can save money for the counties. That's what's actually happening. So we're not protecting and ensuring we are weakening because of the flaws in marcy's law but we can't get the proponents aren't going to admit that and unfortunately there aren't any big money opponents to come out and point out their hypocrisy
1: well you got you know big money cory heidelberger
0: yeah i'll get my two cents worth in and that's about (laughs) it literally
1: (laughs) that's awesome uh cory heidelberger he is a blogger at dakotafreepress.com up in aberdeen and i read his blog it's one of the uh top three or four Blogs that I read every day, and I recommend you do, too. Uh, Corey, thanks a lot, and uh, we'll talk to you probably next week, eh?
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure visiting with you, Patrick. Have a great day.
1: You, too. Coming up after the news and weather, we're going to chat with Amy Scott Stoltz. She's with the League of Women Voters of South Dakota, and they got a cool new thing. They've got a cool new website. We're going to tell you all about it, where you can learn more about candidates in uh, upcoming elections. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. K S O O.
2: The clouds will blow away. Four thirty
1: four on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. And I'm very happy to have in the studio with me to this on this fine, beautiful afternoon, Amy Scott Stolt. She is with the League of Women Voters. She is the Vote Four One One Chair, and you're going to find out what that means here in a moment. But first of all, Amy, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. So League of Women Voters uh, is a, a venerable institution in this yes. state. Uh, how did you get involved with League of Women Voters and what, uh, what do you do there?
3: <laughs> well, I personally got involved because my mother has been a member she likes to claim she's the oldest living member of the League of Women Voters in South Dakota. Really?
1: <laughs> I think my mom might be right up there as well. We'll <laughs> let them battle that out. Uh, so that's your, your mom got you involved. How long have you been involved?
3: Um, I've been a member of the League for about 15 years
1: now. Uh, and the League sponsors uh, Cracker Barrels during the legislative sessions and some debates and all that kind of stuff with the mission of what?
3: Well, um, the League is a nonpartisan political organization that encourages informed and active participation in government.
1: Which leads us right into why you're here today, which is you guys have this pretty cool new website. You bet. Uh, Tell us about uh, Vote411.
3: It's Mm vote411.org, and it was actually started in 2006 by our national and South Dakota this year will have be the first year that we're participating with state-specific information. And what this is is a place where candidates can go in and um, answer some infor- answer some questions that we've put out there, some general questions, put in some biographical information, and then citizens can go in and check that out. They can put in their address and find their candidates, find out a little bit about their candidates, even how to contact them.
1: That's uh that's pretty cool because uh, I know how hard that is. OK, because in in the previous life, I've had to uh, build voter guides and mm-hmm. different kinds of things. And that idea of a online uh, guide where the candidates will do the work, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> but it's in there. It's to benefit them. And people can go in and just like put in their you know zip code and it brings back everything you need and that's that's pretty amazing but it's a lot of work isn't it
3: um getting it started is a lot of work Um, continuing it on will be a, a little easier for us but but really what we wanted to do is have the candidates use their own voice the league doesn't edit anything they say so when the voters go in and look at it they know they're hearing right from the candidate
1: yeah so the candidate uh when somebody files to run, and they're on the ballot. When, when do you contact them? At what point?
3: We, con- we contacted them um, May 1st, was when we went live, so it was a few weeks before that, and gave them a code where they could log in, so it's only them that has access to it. And then they go in and, and put in whatever information they would like, including social media and website addresses, mm. um, contact information, and then we had some general questions that are different for each level. And we're only doing this at the statewide level at this mm-hmm. point. So any local elections are not on, on Leg- there at this point.
1: Legislative races will they be? In Legislative there? Okay. races on up. Yep. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, you know, mayor races—they're
3: all—they're done now. So but
1: you're not <laughs> doing the Lincoln County Sheriff's race or
3: anything like. Correct, that. Correct. We're not doing that.
1: Um, I was I was going to make fun of them, and then I thought better of it because you don't want to get in trouble with the Lincoln County <laughs> Sheriff. Uh, the the um, cool thing here is that you do get. Uh, you can do it all at once, and sometimes it's hard for voters to find, you know, it gets down to the day before the election and they haven't paid enough attention or whatever. They can go to this website and say, oh, God, what do I get? It's like a sample ballot.
3: It is, and basically what you do is you put in your address, and it, it uses that address as just as the Secretary of State's website does to find your district and... You put in, this is a closed primary, so you'll have to put in your party this time. Um, And then it will pull up exactly what will be on your ballot so that you can actually go in and pick. Once you read through it, you can go in and pick which candidate you'd like, as well as this time there's the constitutional amendment that we can vote on. So there's some information on that as well. You can pick that, yes or no, if you want to support that. And at the end, you can actually put in either your phone number or an email address and it will text or email you your choices so you can take that right with you to the ballot and you don't have to try to remember which choice you wanted that's
1: really cool it is you can basically vote in advance and then Mm -hmm. just have it ready to go if you choose to go to the polls or if you early vote you still have to go down there and fill it out so that's awesome
3: and it is um on your on your mobile devices it is uh, optimized for that, so you can use it either on your phone or your laptop, your desktop, whatever works for you.
1: So it's uh, vote411.org, and Correct. then when I go there, that's the national site, Right. I'll just go to South Dakota or whatever, put my name in, it'll take me to South Dakota.
3: Yeah, your address, not yeah. your name. Don't not put my, your name Just in. my address, yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't want to know who you are. They just want to know where you are. Right. Um, the uh, And it's been live since May 1, so that's for the primary. Correct. Um, when... How long will it take before everything's ready for the general?
3: Well, that is a little ways away. Mm -hmm. So um, we don't have a set timeline. This is our first year, and we're going to see what we need to do to get that updated for the general election. But it will be available minimum a month ahead of time.
1: Yeah, and not all those slots are filled yet for the general. Even though there's primaries, some of those statewide offices get filled at at convention. Exactly. We got a weird system, don't we? Um, We're here with Amy Scott Stoll. She is the Vote 411 chair for the League of Women Voters of South Dakota. We're talking about their cool new site, Vote411.org. For all you people who are always, oh, they're always asking me for information, so now i got a place to send them, so that's (laughs) awesome. We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 445 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh,
4: the band marched on information.
1: I just like that line because it's the band marched on information. And I was in the band. So <laughs> there you go. We're here. We're continuing our conversation with Amy Scott Stoltz. She is the Vote 411 chair for the South Dakota League of Women Voters. Uh, first of all, Amy, you said your mom is... Claims to be the self-appointed oldest member, (laughs) longest-serving member of the League of Women Voters. Uh, You're from South Dakota then?
3: Yeah, born and raised in Sioux Falls. Oh, there you go. Went to uh, Augustana. So stayed in South Dakota after... High school and college. Yeah? yeah. And
1: what do you do for, for money? Because this isn't a paying gig.
3: No, this is a volunteer gig. Yeah. I am a uh, financial advisor here ah. in town.
1: Well, that's good. So you're, you're guarding the, the league's money very closely. Not, no. The no. league <laughs> doesn't have a gob of money. Let's <laughs> get that out there. Um, uh, second, uh, the, how's the league doing? Because, it, like I said, it's a venerable institution. It's been around forever. Yep. Um, been involved in cracker barrels and debates and everything else. Uh, In this world of social media and information technology and everything else, uh, is the League of Women Voters still a relevant organization?
3: Amazingly, we are actually growing in leaps and bounds with our membership. We have, in the last year, opened new local leagues in Pierre and down in the Vermilion and Yankton area. Really? So we are expanding. We have interest in other areas of the state as well. So we're looking to add more local leagues.
1: That's awesome, and so like how many how many members do you think are in the League of Women Voters these days?
3: Oh boy, I don't have a number on that. Thousands, thousands, right across it's the just, country, and yeah, and it's huge.
1: Yeah. Uh, has your mission really changed over the years? Uh, you're still nonpartisan, yep. very independent. Uh, but is the core of the league still what the league was 20, 50 years ago?
3: It really is. Um, the league was started just before women got the right to vote with the general idea that if you're going to be voting, you need to have information. And so the league has been dedicated to getting, um, our voters educated, registered and ready to vote.
1: The, so that leads us to a natural, uh, development then is the vote 411org dot where people can get all kinds of information. Uh, Uh, We have the primary coming up in June, and all the statewide candidates are on there. Well, I should say, are all the statewide candidates on there? Have they been responding to you?
3: Well, all the statewide candidates' names will be on there. Mm -hmm. If they have chosen to fill out the information, it will be on there. Not all of them have done that yet. They still have the opportunity to do so if they wish.
1: I could bring it up and look at it while we were sitting here, but that would take time. So you can just tell me who <laughs> of the not not the legislative candidates, but like the gubernatorial. There's two big Republican primaries. So you've got right. uh, you got your Kristi uh, Noem. She on there? She is. Yes. Uh, got your Marty Jackley. Is he on there? Yes, he is. Okay, so we're covered on the goobers. Yep. And <laughs> then you've got the congressional race. Let's go down those. Here. Neil Tapio.
3: Has not filled it
1: out yet. Neil Tapio has not filled it out yet, so mark that on my sheet. <laughs> no, uh, Dusty Johnson,
3: not yet. Oh, Dusty,
1: no, he's on the show next week, so okay,
3: I will bring Feel that free up. I'll bring you. that
1: up, Dusty, and I know you're listening. <laughs> Fill out the League of Women Voters questionnaire, all right? Uh, and finally, uh, 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 Chantel Krebs,
3: she has not filled it out yet either.
1: Oh my <laughs> God, those three. Chuckleheads have not filled it out.
3: We are working hard to get the information out of what we are and why we're doing this. Um,
1: Chantel's a Secretary of State; she should be all over this stuff.
3: You know, it is it is voluntary. They don't; they're not required to fill it out. And once they get on, if there's something mm-hmm. they don't want to put on there for whatever reason, they don't have to. So this really is a candidate-friendly place to be, and um, they can complete as much or as little as they wish.
1: So the what's on say for instance the congressional candidates what what sorts of beyond their websites and that kind of stuff what do you ask them what what sort of information is on
3: them. Oh boy, I don't have the questions handy. You can sure oh. look it up. Um Just hold the on questions here. actually me, will you keep be, talking. <laughs> the questions will be on there whether or not they have answered. So you can look on there and if the candidate has not answered yet, it will say that the candidate's response is, has not been received. Um, and then what we do is we allow the candidates to go in at any time and complete that. And we do not edit anything that they put on there. So you know that if something's on there, it is straight from the candidate.
1: So the, to the questions, though, they're like you ask different questions of the, of the goobers than you do of the uh, congressional people. So sure. We,
3: we've yeah. crafted how many, those. Like how many questions? Give you, a, kind of I stuff? think there's four or five for each race.
1: So it's pretty general stuff.
3: Pretty general, yes. It's specific to that office, so we aren't going to ask questions about national legislation to um, the state legislators, for example. But but we will keep it current, and we will ask questions that are relevant to the race.
1: I'm looking at my races right now. I, I had to claim to be a Republican. I'm not. I'm not. I am non-affiliate voter, but I put in Republican, so I go to House here where there are no people. Oh, there's Dusty Johnson. Nothing. Nothing. Choose two candidates to compare. Oh, okay. There we go. So here's a question. Partisan gridlock in Washington has brought our government nearly to a standstill. If elected, what steps will you take to reduce partisan gridlock? Please be specific. I can play the part of Dusty if you want to do Chantel. I no? am not okay. going to do that. No, All right. that's right. <laughs> Because that could be, we could make (laughs) that work. Uh, How will you stand with farm and ranch families as well as consumers to promote our agriculture economy? Uh, Please explain how you would change U.S. immigration policies or why you believe that. This is good stuff. Why would, well, you would learn a lot by going to this. So I, uh, they have to do that. This is this is the public shaming part of the program for Dusty. <laughs> that is not sponsored by the league. No, of that Mothers, is that is sponsored no. by the Patrick Lally Show. Publicly shaming Dusty, Chantel, <laughs> and Neil to get in their stuff.
3: That's got to happen.
1: So, legislative candidates, how are they? How's that going for you?
3: Um, much better. We have um a pretty good return rate. Probably about a third right now have have returned that, and for our first time doing it, um. Part of what we're doing right now is just educating those candidates on really what this is about. Um, they tend to get bombarded with a lot of requests, Yeah. and we understand that. And we want to make sure they know that we will not be endorsing anyone. We don't support or oppose any candidate or, or political party. So really, this is an informational piece. Mm-hmm. It is free for them, a way to talk to their voters for free, which I know most candidates are always looking for free ways to to get their message out. So this should be a a neat way for them to do it.
1: I see what the goobers here. I got the goobers up now. Uh Marty Jackley and uh Christy Gnome, Republican candidates for your governor of uh South Dakota. Marty kind of copped out on this deal. He just put links in. Said, Read the full Team Jackley policy platform here. They could have just pasted it in. But uh Christy are all on here, all very complete. Questions like, how do you intend to improve relations with Native American tribes? How do you propose to combat meth, opioids, and other drug abuse? That's good stuff. And so people can go there now and, and, and learn more about the candidates. Correct. Um, well, good luck going forward. Well, thank you. If We're people want to get involved this. with the league or this project, mm-hmm. w- what do they do? I, w- I want to be in the League of Women Voters. What do I you do? You sure
3: can. Um, the, our Facebook page is probably the easiest way to get a hold of us. There's a League of Women Voters of South Dakota page. And there's also one for each of our locals. We also have a website. So if you just Google League of Women Voters of South Dakota, you can find our website. And you can actually become a member online on the website. Even if you don't have a local league near you, you can be a member at large.
1: That's awesome. So uh, you do people do that. Get involved. All right. Do you have to be a woman?
3: No, we accept anyone. Oh, huh.
1: well, there you go. I can join then. You sure can. I would be a natural fit for the—no, I probably wouldn't be. I get in trouble. I you get, get you to in trouble. Be
3: nonpartisan when you're in in the league. You I'm can always be non-partisan. partisan in your own personal life, but when you're in the league, you must be nonpartisan.
1: Yeah, I'm always nonpartisan. I hate parties, so there you go. Not hate hates a strong word. Uh, over the years, I have I have uh, learned to. Uh, I've been annoyed by people in party politics, but that's okay. That's what they do. Yeah. Anyway, Amy, Scott Stoltz, she's uh the for vote 411 chair with the League of Women Voters. The site is vote411.org. It's really cool. I got it up right here. So, mm-hmm. if you get a chance, go see it. Amy, thanks a lot for coming in. You
3: bet. Thanks and for having me.
1: Good luck with the elections. Thank you. Coming up after the break, here we'll finish up and uh move on to another day. This is the Patrick Lally show, Information 1000, KSOO. <laughs> on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. So we finish up another wonderful day here in the best little city in America. Some stuff coming up this weekend. You've got the Walk MS. That's Saturday morning. Registration at 8 a.m. Walk starts at 10 a.m. at Cherry Rock Park, 1800 East 18th Street. It's a benefit for the Multiple Sclerosis Society. It's a good one. And also, Canaries open this weekend friday saturday and sunday canaries are playing the chicago dogs 705 friday 605 saturday 105 sunday there's fireworks on saturday all kinds of good stuff coming up tomorrow we got a couple of culinary experts from the uss south dakota that's going to be cool common man's here Pat powers will be here that's all tomorrow from three to five on the patrick Lally show information 1000 ksoo <laughs>